Evening, and welcome to another episode of Hacker Public Radio. My name is Honky Magoo. Along with me tonight is my friend Kevin Wisher. Kevin, what's going on? Not a lot tonight, Honky. How are you? Not bad. Not bad. So tonight what I wanted to do was um, I had written this out a while back. It's a uh, whole explanation of uh, Debian GNU Linux's uh, sources.list file. And um, what I want to do is just kind of sit down and explain everything that's in the sources.list file, the many ways you can set up your sources.list file, and um, the different avenues you can also take with it, which is, you know, you can add the multimedia um, repos to your sources.list file and um, adding, you can try uh, at pinning, which is where you use, um, you can choose something like uh, um, your a Debian stable and pull packages down from a Debian testing or a Debian unstable repository and have them all still work together. Um, my reasonings for doing this is because I had initially uh, did a Debian install and somehow completely screwed up my sources.list. I had my Cat5 connector plugged in wrong and in the middle of, uh, of uh, the install, it's asking me which um, where I should choose uh, which country I'm in to be able to choose which repository to pull from. I had, it was out, and I just figured that uh, something was wrong and uh, didn't realize till about midway through that it was that the whole reason why I was running into the problem was it was the uh, Cat5 cable wasn't fully in right. So when it got plugged in right, I finally got everything working, but I wound up choosing a, uh, uh, a country uh, that wasn't it, it did it was too far away and i wasn't being able to pull down packages like i wanted to so i had to go into my sources.list file and try and edit it to the way it's supposed to work and in doing that i kind of picked up on the many different ways that the sources.list file can be used and how you can uh, change it to suit your specific needs um i could probably sit here and ramble on for a while but I invited my friend Kevin Wisher along to kind of help me to make this. So why don't we start off with um, uh, Kevin? What was your been, been your experience in uh, running Debian systems? Well, um, mainly at home, I've never really installed um, stock Debian and built up a system from there. I've always used uh, the first experience I had with a Debian derivative was uh, Linux Mint Debian Edition, and I used that for quite a long time until they kind of, I don't know, it took, it went for a long time without getting any updates, and that's when I started distro hopping around because it just seemed like it took forever for them to get uh, to update the repos and, and, and get up more current where, you know, we're at the current level of the, what is it, Debian uh Testing repos, is that correct? I believe so. Um, I mean, the most current, I believe, is the unstable ones. But then I believe that the, uh, I want to say that I heard from somewhere that um, Linux Mint Debian Edition was pulling from the uh, the testing repos. Yeah, and they kind of, I think they they pull in from testing and then they do some, they must do their own apt pinning of some sort to where they test things before they release it to to where you actually get the updates through their normal repos because if if you look at the sources.list from uh, LMDE it's totally different than what you're about ready to go over so they just kind of pull down and make their own 
That, that sounds that sounds interesting. Definitely. Well, it, it's supposed to be. You know, it, it, like I think their explanation is, is that it's a a rolling testing Debian release, but yet they they test all everything coming in before they actually release it to the user base through their through their repos is the way it's supposed to work, I believe. So testing, testing before it becomes uh, LMDE. Correct. Yes, they they do some type of you know in house testing to make sure everything's working correctly before it breaks anything. Now you never had any experiences with even on like a uh, server machine working with uh, just Doc Debian. Yes, uh, at my nine to five job, I I run two or three Debian just plain vanilla Debian servers. Uh, in fact, uh, I'm at a K K through twelve school system. We're on Christmas break right now, and I'm going to actually uh, undo some apt pinning I did on a current uh, our ticketing server and it is stuck right now at the, on the squeeze release and I'm going to upgrade it to Wheezy over the break and we had to uh, apt, I actually had to I looked at the same document that you have in your notes uh, on about app pinning because this was the first time I'd used it because we had to hold back the version of the ticketing system which is called request track tracker and it's in the debian repos so we had to hold back the new version that was being was in the repos so that it wouldn't break anything so i'm going to over the break here i'm going to unpin it let it do its updates and then move all the sources list over to wheezy and do a full disk upgrade also that sounds interesting. When we get to the uh, to the uh, app pinning part of this, I want to uh, I want to go over that a little bit more in depth um, because I've only had a very limited experience with the app pinning. I mean, I'm going to talk about uh, some of the examples that I found online, but I also did some app pinning myself where I used it um, uh, a Debian testing, which I pulled down some um, unstable packages for just to, to uh, kind of flesh things out and get uh, my uh, version of testing to where I want it to be. But you're saying that you were using pinning to go uh, to backport as opposed to moving forward? Correct. My coworker has been the guy that's been pretty much in charge of the ticketing system once I got the server up and got it initially installed. he's He went in to some of the HTML files and, and PHP files in there and did some custom modifications to them. So in order to keep... Uh, the modifications he's done from breaking because a new version of the the request tracker software was in the was ready to be you know installed um, by a normal app get update we pinned that to where it held the current version we were on and it wouldn't update you know when we did when I did normal you know system updates to it very cool and it's worked out very well for oh uh, I don't know it's been over. I think that ticketing system got put in place maybe two years ago. Two and a half, we're on about two and a half years of using it now. Wow, that's awesome. All right, so I think I'm going to uh, jump through the hard part, which is the uh, explanation of what the sources.list is. This is going to be the hard part because it's just kind of, um, I don't know, very long-winded. You ready? Sure.
All right. Uh, first off, where do we find the sources.list file? The sources.list file is, um, well, first to be able to update or make any changes to it, you have to have root permission. And it's at um, slash etc slash apt and then uh, sources.list. That one file is, uh, all right, let's go with the, uh, what is a sources.list? Well, it's a key component of the advanced packaging tool, also known as apt. Apt is a software upgrade slash install slash removal program for Debian GNU Linux distributions. It is used mostly in the command line. Apt uses the sources.list file to tell it where to go to get software packages and their dependency files. All right, so a stock sources.list file that um, as soon as you make a fresh install of Debian, uh, what it's supposed to look like is the first line is deb space http semicolon slash slash ftp.us.debian.org slash debian slash wheezy space main. I told you it was a mouthful. All right, so the, the second line in a stock system is deb space http semicolon slash slash security.debian.org slash space wheezy slash updates space main. This is where you would get some of the uh, updates. And then the last line would be uh, deb space http semicolon slash slash ftp.us.debian.org slash debian space wheezy dash updates space main. All right, now let's break this file down line by line. Uh, the first section, deb space http semicolon slash slash ftp.us.debian.org slash debian slash space wheezy space main. Uh, this is the base repository. This is basically where you'd get all of your uh, applications from. Next is simple. You choose how you want the packages to be downloaded. Uh, either you want them to be downloaded by FTP or by HTTP. Um, it may sound odd, but that first line can read deb space FTP, semicolon, slash, slash, and then FTP again, dot US, dot Debian, dot org. Um, it looks odd. And, um, but it is, it is, um, you are able to do it that way to download either through HTTP or through FTP. Um, then you choose which mirror you wish to download from. The idea being the closer mirror, um, the closer the mirror is to you, the faster the connection speed will be. Uh, if you need help picking one, head on over to, uh, HTTP semicolon slash slash www.debian.org slash mirror slash lists. This is a full list of all the Debian mirrors, it, just all of them. It, it'll show all the Debian mirrors. Um, it's a full, complete list. And it'll, it'll actually show that there's the uh, FTP and the HTTP. Um, from here, it's just uh, slash Debian. And, and then after that, you choose um, which version of Debian you want to use. As of right now, the current version of Stable is Wheezy. And the um, current version of testing is called Jesse. And Sid is always Sid. Um, it's Sid is, I'm sorry, Sid is always Sid. Sid is always unstable. Um, so you can choose either whether you want to follow um, Wheezy or Jesse or Sid. And um, basically, when once Jesse becomes stable, then you'll be following the, uh, the, the stable version of Debian. And actually, once, um, Jesse, once Jesse becomes, once, you know, Wheezy becomes uh, old stable, you can follow that and you can be using the old stable system or you can just choose to go um, with stable testing. 
That's pretty much the way I've always understood it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you have any idea why the why Sid is just Sid? I mean, they they why? What's the point of having Sid giving it the name Sid and giving it the name Unstable? Why don't they just have Unstable and give the names to, to Jesse? Why have Sid always just be called Sid? I don't know. It, it, of course, you know their their names are based off of the uh, animated uh, movie Toy Story. So, and I think it has to do with Sid being the uh, he was the unstable <laughs> character in the movie. So, I think that's why they keep it at Sid. That's just my my guess. Man, I think I got to watch those movies again. Then, <laughs> all right. So, once you choose that uh, which version of Debian you want to be following. Um, you can then choose, um, you can specify which archive you want to be choosing from. Like you can still have be running on the main archive and then uh, choose to do main uh, and contrib archive and then the main contrib and non-free archive. Um, let me try to do my best to explain that a little bit better. Um, so the main archive is comprised of software that doesn't require packages outside of the main archive. And all of the packages comply with the DFSG, the Debian Free Software Guidelines. What are the Debian Free Software Guidelines, you ask? Well, number one, the first, the, the software must be free redistribution software. This means the software must not restrict someone from selling or giving away the software. I think there's about 10 rules that are. The rules of the uh, DFSG. And that was rule number one. Rule number two. The software must include the the source code. Also allow distribution in both source code and compiled forms. The third. The software must allow for modification and then redistribution under the same license as the original software. The fourth is the integrity of the author's source code. This means the license may may restrict source code from being distributed in modified form only if the license allows the distribution of patch files with the source code for the purpose of modifying the program at build time. The license must explicitly permit redistribution of software built from modified source code. The license may require derived works to carry a different name or version number from the original software. This is a compromise that Debian Project encourages all authors to not restrict any files, source or binary, from being modified. Holy crap, I hate four. Number five. is the Fifth is the software must not di- uh, discriminate against any persons or groups of persons. Six, no discrimination against any fields of endeavors. In other words, the software should be able to be used by anyone for any reason. Seventh is distribution of license, which means that no new license must be issued to a new user one license is good for all. Eighth, the license must not be specific to Debian. It needs to be licensed so that everyone, anyone can take the software and use it wherever they like. Nine, the software must not in any way restrict other software that is distributed along with that software and its license. Ten, finally, the license should be all under the GPL, BSD, artistic license, or any license that's considered free. That's a mouthful. So in addition to having to follow all the guidelines established in the DFSG, the software in the main archive must not require or recommend packages outside of the main archive and not be so buggy that Debian refuses to support them, which happens to be my favorite line in all that, because it's repeated in every other line, uh, every other version. 
because then you move on to now you can also add the contrib archive to your sources.list. The contrib archive is comprised of supplemental packages that that are meant to be used with the Debian distribution, but use software from outside of the distribution. These packages must still comply with DFSG and also be not so buggy that Debian refuses to support them. Lastly, the non-free archive. The non-free archive contains packages intended to work with Debian, but do not follow the DFSG and may have other problems that may, that may make the distribution problematic. Still, the packages cannot be so buggy that Debian refuses to support them. Ooh. Now, these are all uh, added to the end of your the lines in your sources.list. So, like, uh, if we go back to, um, no matter which version you're using, that first that first line will always be deb space http semicolon slash slash ftp dot us dot debian dot org slash debian and then you would make your decision of um which version of debian you want to choose uh let's say you want to just stay with wheezy you go with wheezy and then you would uh, choose which archive you want to choose from whether it's the main uh contrib or the non-free and what even if you want to to be able to use them, you can't just put in like non-free and expect to be able to get all of them. You'd have to just put down, uh, it'd have to read um, slash wheezy and then space main and then space contrib and then space non-free. Um, it's also fair to point out that the um, when using um, the wheezy or stable, you're going to be using all three lines. The um, ftp.us.debian.org and then slash debian, which is just your normal um, package repository and then the next line which is your uh, slash security.debian.org which is um, only used by testing uh, testing in jesse and um, wheezy and stable and then the last line which is the uh, ftp.us.debian.org which is um, for it's uh, then the next line being wheezy slash uh, updates and then it would either be wheezy's uh, dash updates or it'd be uh stable dash updates only the stable or in this case wheezy would use uh, that last line which is for um updates um the yeah the second line being for security updates and testing can use that as well if you're using unstable or sid you would just put in that first line and then you know have it as uh ftp.us.debian.org slash debian and then um, let's say unstable and then main space contrib space uh, non-free. I hope I explained that thoroughly enough. What do you think? I believe you've covered it <clears throat> very well. Oh, it's a mouthful. Um, but I don't know. After hearing all that, do you think um, do you think you at least understand the point I'm trying to get across as to what it's supposed to look like? Yes, and um, I believe you can also find some examples on the interwebs also for a uh, for a proper formatting of your sources file. Right. Um, yeah, and I actually have several um, in my show notes. I'll have uh, a couple of places you can go to find out all where I got all this information. So it'll it'll give the examples as best as I can. Um, I don't know. Do do you have any questions? Uh, just from from my ramblings, do you have any questions? Did I? Uh, is there anything I can explain a little bit further? I know it was kind of it kind of bounced around a little bit there, but I think it. I think I covered everything fully in the the very base of a uh, sources list file. Yes. Um, so, in your uh, is this system something that you're currently running? 
Yeah, I'm actually running both a uh, on my laptop. I'm running a uh, version of Unstable, and on uh, the machine, the desktop that we're, I'm recording on right now is a version of testing that I have. Um, I've done some app pinning and set it up so it's uh, running testing and pulling down. Also, being able to pull some files down from uh, Unstable. Which would be, give us an example of something that you you found that you needed to pull in some newer packages with uh, the unstable. Well, my whole reasoning for doing this, well, let me, let me first explain. What I did was I was, um, I first installed it on my laptop and I set it up for uh, Debian unstable. And I had set it, I started setting things up the way I wanted it to be set up, um, I think it'd be fair to point out right now that you can also, um, just real quickly before we get into the uh, the whole apt pinning thing, um, one thing that you can add to your sources.list file is um, the uh, um, Debian multimedia uh, codexes and files and stuff. And the only way you can do that, because it's not um, part of Debian, is you have to add this own uh, your own lines to the sources.list file the best way to go is just go to www.deb-multimedia.org. If you go all the way down to the end of that main page, it'll give you all of the um, proper uh, fi- the proper lists that you should put into your sources.list file. Like I can scroll down all the way down to the bottom and find uh, where it says for SID uh, slash unstable for your you know i386 your uh, you just a regular systems and if you go further down it'll tell you exactly how to put it in it'll say deb space http semicolon slash slash then www.deb-multimedia.org and then space sid space main uh, space non-free and then you put this into your sources.list file do an app get update and that updates what uh apt your apt uh, repository list and then once you do that, um, if you read at the very top, it says uh, the first thing you need to do is to uh, download and install a program called the um, Deb that multimedia keyring. So you just do an app get install uh, Deb multimedia keyring, and then that kind of adds this repository into your repository list. Well, at least it gets it working right, and then you can go and you can um, download all of your uh, different multimedia codexes so you can play like dvds and uh, i believe mp3s as well all right so going back to my other point which was the uh, the app pinning um yeah so i had installed i had installed sid onto this um or unstable onto my laptop and i was getting it all set up i put my multimedia um put the multimedia repos in there got it all set up um, downloaded, you know, Mumble, GIMP, and everything else that I uh, normally use. And I went to install a program called um, OpenShot, which is a video editing program. And so when I went to go install it, it, um, it said that it basically OpenShot was available in the repos, but some of the files that were meant to work with it weren't available in Unstable. Something along those lines, and it was very confusing. But I, after doing some uh, some uh, searching, I found that it was available on testing. So I'm like, all right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, I'm going to set this uh, desktop up with uh, Debian testing, and I'm going to have it with um, 
I'm going to have it with OpenShot. I'm going to have it with Mumble. I'm going to have it with, uh, I like to run um, E17 Enlightenment on as my uh, uh, desktop manager, window manager, however you want to call it. Um, and I was going to in- install those as well. And so when I, I installed testing, I installed OpenShot, it installed without any problem. And then I went to install E17 and E17 was unavailable. I went, huh, okay, maybe I just, just use XFCE then. Uh, so then I went and I tried to install Mumble, and lo and behold, Mumble. It's available and stable. It's available and unstable, not available in testing, which absolutely floored me. I mean, I, I thought Mumble, this thing that we're recording on, was would be available for just about everything at this point. But yeah, it, that, that, <clears throat> that kind of surprises me. Yeah, I, I mean, I, mean I, I can kind of understand E17 because, you know, it, a lot of people don't necessarily trust E17 because it, it hasn't had... Like a good solid release in a while, but to not have have mumble on there, that just that just freaking floored me. So I figured what I had to do was I kind of played around with the idea before of um, doing app pinning, but I've never actually like fully tried it on a, a stock Debian system. I tried it before on a uh, uh, DSL, damn small Linux, and that was just that was horrible. But I, I kind of got from from trying it on that I kind of get the basis of how to set uh, how to use. Um, after pinning so i was kind of able to know where to go and to find all the information i needed to set up my system that way so what app pinning is if i haven't explained it already is you have the way your your system in my case um the uh testing so i have it set up with um you know the um regular testing repos the uh, http ftp.us.debian.org uh, slash Debian and then slash testing space main space contrib space uh, dash free and then the uh, the next line being the HTTP semicolon slash slash security dot Debian dot org slash testing slash updates main space contrib space non dash free and then what I had did was I had also added in the uh, Debian unstable line in there as well. For the, uh, it's the same as the as the as the very first line. So it's the uh, deb space http semicolon slash slash ftp dot us dot debian dot org slash debian slash unstable space main space contrib space non dash free. And after I did that, I uh, you have to set up a file called preferences. And what you add into that file is kind of a way. So you you can choose which file, um, kind of give it a priority of which file you want to download. So um, the first line of my preferences is it goes, uh, will, it, when you do this, you want to set it up, get it all set up. And then it, if there's one available, you edit your preferences file. If not, you just kind of create a file called preferences in your um, etc slash apt slash and then um, create a file called preferences. And then uh, the first line being um, just package, semicolon, space, and then star. And then next line, pin, semicolon, space, release, space, A equals testing. And then next line being pin, dash, priority, semicolon, space, 700. And then go down to the next line and then give it a little bit of space. So the next line, package, semicolon, space, star. Next line, pin, semicolon space release space a equals unstable next line pin dash priority semicolon space 650 
what this does basically is it gives proper priority to um, which files. So automatically, if you just do an app get install of that file, it'll automatically just go to the testing unless you want to specify which file you want to, um, which repository you want to download from. So let's say you have this all, I have this all set up and I want to install for sake of argument, let's say mobile. So I go sudo app-get install space mumble slash unstable so that way it'll pull the um all the mumble files from the uh uh, unstable but when you're doing it this way this will install the unstable version of the packages and try to meet any dependencies from the uh the testing repository this may not uh may not always work so if uh if it doesn't work what you need to do is you want to try uh apt-get space-t unstable in uh space install and then uh your package name which would be mumble uh what this does is it will install the unstable version of the package and try to meet any of its dependencies from the unstable repository this might uh this might improve better results if you, if the first one doesn't work you might want to stay with the first one at least as as much as you can because that way you're keeping a lot of the original um, testing, like in my case, the testing um, repositories files, as opposed to um, doing a lot of mixing and matching, that can cause some uh, confusion, if you will. Um, what a lot of other people like to do is set up pretty much the exact same thing, but they'll they'll add uh, all three. They'll set up their system as a, uh, a stable, so they'll have all of the those uh, those stable lines that I was talking about. The uh, the updates and the uh, the security updates line, and then they would do they would put in the um, the two lines for the testing, and then they would put in the uh, single line for the unstable, and then they would set up their own um, package priority uh, well their preferences file, and then set up their own pri- uh, package priorities with uh, everything I was talking about before, where it, uh, you would set it up so your pin priority would say let's say for stable would be seven hundred. For testing would be like 650, and then for unstable would be 600. So kind of the highest priority for uh, packages that you're trying to pull down would be the the stable, and then the second highest being testing, and then the, the second underneath that being your uh, unstable. Um, I don't know. It's it seemed to everything worked fine for me because obviously I'm running on mumble. I'm running mumble right now, and I was able to get um, enlightenment installed on this as well. So. It's. It seems to work. Um, you were saying before that you had you were using uh, app pinning as backporting. Now, how did, did do you know how the um, the preferences file is set up for you? Um, no, I'm not quite sure. It's been so long since I've done it. If I had to guess, I would say it would be somewhat similar, where your uh, system would just be you would just trying to set up the priorities so that um, I. Either that, or you might be able to instead of setting up as uh, package uh, package semicolon uh, space star, uh, set it up as that specific package, and then have it pulling from. Uh, you said it was from squeeze, so set it up as just package semicolon uh, space um, whatever that program was, and then uh, pin release uh, a equals um, squeeze, and then pin priority, and then set its priority. That at least makes sense from what I'm looking at. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, you'd, you'd want to give higher preference to the uh, 
repositories before what you're currently on. Right. Huh. I got to look into that at some point. Do you, do you feel like this was worth all the effort to do, or do you think just getting a Debian derivative is that's based on the repositories that have, you know, the... I know there's Debian derivatives that are based off of uh, SID, and you can get ones that are specifically tailored for testing, and then there's ones that are based off the stable branch to where, you you know, the normal person wouldn't have to go through all this. Is 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 this worth to, in your in your mind all the all the effort that you've poured into it? Um, I think now that I have all this information, I'm gonna say yes because I can pretty much go into I can pretty much just make a straight Debian install, and I feel like I have a much better knowledge and a much better control of where things are coming from and what things are doing. And um, like I said, I've, I've stuck with uh, with it on both these machines for some time now, and I've been nothing but happy. I mean, I pretty much just install the programs I need and I get just to be able to get everything running the way I want it to be running and then just kind of go from there, you know, and I, I was able to this, I was able to set up this machine and have it running the way I wanted it to be running. And I did it. It's, I guess, I don't know, maybe it's just a control issue. You know, I, I know I have control over um, where I'm pulling things from and what I'm doing and how it's set up. And with the uh, the app pinning, I can pull exactly where I want it to be pulling from, even if it's not like uh, uh, the unstable repositories. I know I can, like uh, the bat, the whole idea we were talking about backporting. I wanted to use um, OpenShot with... Uh, this version of unstable maybe i'm gonna uh, sit down and have to look into how to backport into well, do the exact same thing as this but kind of flip some stuff around and uh, get it so i can run uh, uh download open shot from the testing repository and run it on uh, my unstable uh system so yeah i mean I, could i probably go find another system and just run it that way yeah but i, I like i've run other systems and uh they've kind of I don't remember which one it was, but I ran recently. It was a um, Debian multimedia um, distro that had a whole lot of, of their own. It, it was a kind of older. I don't think it had been updated too recently, but they had done their own little pinning and stuff like that. And some of their stuff was a little bit older and some of it worked the way I wanted it to. And some of it didn't work the way I wanted it to. And looking at the way they had it all set up was just... I mean, they had all sorts of things, um, odd things pinned, like they had um, hand, I want to say handbrake was pinned to something, and I wanted to, to update that and update some other programs in there, and if they had it all pinned and messed up, and I went in there and tried to fix it and change things around and wound up just crashing the whole entire system, yet I used a stock system, and like I said, I put in my own multimedia repos, and I was able to kind of bounce things around to which... Uh, uh, Debian repository I chose from and I got everything running just fine the way I wanted to. I mean, I don't have a GUI for Handbrake, but I've been running it in the command line and it's been working beautiful for me, so I don't know. Yes, to answer your question very quickly and simply and precise, yes, I feel a lot better for doing it and uh, I, 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 I feel a lot better about the systems I'm running. Have you experienced any system breakages by what, what modifications you've done? 
Not yet, but I'm kind of concerned about that. Um, I'm not sure. I heard somewhere that I need to unpin things before I do a update on this testing box. I'm going to be honest, I haven't done an update in a little while because it kind of goes up. I do some uh, DVD ripping uh, with it. I got uh, two internal and one external DVD ROM drives that I've been using to, to rip stuff. So I'll just kind of set it up and I'll set up a command line thing where I just rip all three uh, from all three drives and then just kind of walk away. Uh, so other than that, I mean, I haven't been doing too much with it. Uh, I just kind of, yeah, that and, and mumble here. So I don't, I haven't been updating, doing any updates on the machine for any reason, but I heard it's supposed to, if there's a possibility that if you have to unpin it or it'll break the, um, it might break the system. But like I said, I haven't tried it with the version, the uh, machine that you guys were uh, updating. You said you were backport pinning um, one program. Did it when you guys just did regular updates? Did that? Do you know if that did anything to the system? No, uh, just doing normal updates. I've not experienced any any breakage yet. Just kind of uh, kind of shying away from doing the disk upgrade. Well, I have. I I've, I you know since it's a you know a production system and it's our ticketing system, I don't do them daily or weekly even i'll check it you know every few months and if it i'll look at the stuff that's going to be upgraded and if it doesn't look like it's going to do any harm then i'll go ahead and do it and i've so far i've not experienced any any you know major system breakage yet oh very nice all right that that, that may change this week this next week though because i'm like i say i'm going to do a full move from squeeze to wheezy on it <laughs> Well, keep me informed. I'd like to know how that one goes. Yeah, luckily it's a it's a uh, VMware virtual machine, so I can take a snapshot of it in its current state before I do anything, and then I know the key uh, folder directories that contain the uh, system files that are you know the it's basically a web GUI for this for MySQL back you know back in for this ticketing system and i know where the files are that so i'm going to copy those off also make a system you know do a vmware snapshot of it before doing anything so we can always if something does go horribly wrong i can fall back to where we were now do you have it set up so you can uh, uh take a, a snapshot of it and then open up that snapshot in a uh, different area and then test out whether it's going to break or not and then you'll know what you uh, what to do or what not to do when you update the other one. Um, I'm I don't think I'm sure you probably can. I don't know how to do that at the moment. I may be learning about that <laughs> next week at the same time. But uh, I'm just going to go for it. Like I say, I'm going to make a snapshot of it, back up, and then copy off the key folders where these files for this program are located, and just you know change the sources. F- list file and let her eat and see what happens take a snapshot break it and then uh, load it reload it back up right that sounds like fun though i'm kind of looking forward to it i would be too all right so what do we think is there anything else we can uh we can talk about or have we beaten this horse to death i think you've covered everything that you know everybody needs to know about uh doing a custom debian install I hope so. I hope it wasn't just uh, long-winded madness. I hope I can uh, help some people out and 
that uh, anybody who wants to run a Debian system or even runs a Debian derivative might have a little bit more of an idea of what they're looking at if they want to uh, try to customize their own system. Um, you know, one thing people can do if they want to try this out on their own is just do it in a VM, and then you can play around all your all you want and see how it goes. Absolutely, nothing but a good time in a VM. All right, I guess we're going to call it a night. So for uh, for HPR, my name is Honky Magoo, and um, with me is Kevin Wisher. Good night, everybody. Bye bye. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HPR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All Binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license.